Hey, welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about service now. We will be talking strategy, architecture, uh, technology, uh, just everything service now. We are not affiliated with service now. The opinions expressed are our own. We are just a couple of uh, people that are very passionate about the platform. So hope you'll join us for every episode. And without further ado, here we go. All right. And uh, welcome back to Server Sharp. This is Jason Gibson. Joining me as always is Randy Haas. Uh, we've got uh, Brent Peters and Justin Claspel. Um, we uh, we're going to be covering today a couple things. Uh, the first of which is day to day operations, kind of keeping the lights on stuff. Um, and then the next is uh, evangelizing the platform within your organization, kind of a how to 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 do that. So uh, I guess we'll start with the kind of the day to day kind of Brent, if you'll give me an idea of kind of what you do on a daily basis. I know we do a lot of dev work too, but what do you see um, most as far as the, you know, day to day kind of work that you're, you're doing? Well, there's always those things that come in. Uh, the day-to-day, hey, we need a, re- a report for this, or I need permissions, so you're giving out role uh, assignments, or you're assigning people into groups and stuff like that. Um, there's also the the part that a lot of people forget about, and that's you know checking your log files to make sure you're not having major issues, making sure your, your discovery scans are running correctly, and you're um, not getting a lot of errors there, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that is neglected quite a bit is, you know, how is the system running? We assume that it's running great and the service now is watching it, but um, the reality is it's it's not the case. You need to go and actually check to make sure that things are going well in your instance. Um, now, Typically, I don't see any significant downs, and when there when there is, uh, we had one not long ago, and it was a whole ten minutes. Uh, ServiceNow had it up and running, uh, but it could have been it could have been prevented, um, but nobody had been looking at the log files, uh, and you know that's kind of a, a learning um, learning experience when something goes wrong like that. So have you guys had experiences with that kind of stuff with, uh, with downs with service now, as far as, you know, I know we've been doing it a long time and there's very rare cases. Um, matter of fact, that's the first I'm aware of. What about you guys? I've never had one that at any of the places I've, uh, any of the instances I've worked out of, there's never been an outage to my, to my knowledge. You have, uh, even whenever you're doing upgrades, it's just, you know, it's not really an outage. Just the thing to finish. So, outages with like ancillary stuff, like single sign-on through AD, was not working for a while at one place. Yeah, we've had some issues where like our internal internet connection went down, so we couldn't reach it. But that wasn't a down on the on the application. Uh, when we've one of the instances that I have worked on um, when we were back on Aspen, so that's back way back when uh, the data centers were not really managed by ServiceNow. They were renting or something, but somehow uh, they used to keep instances of different businesses on the same servers and they weren't really separated well. And another 
customer had run a very inefficient query on his database and it actually took our instance, his instance, and uh, several in- other instances down. And, um, and all that was, that was wonderful for about 10 to 15 minutes. We didn't have a system, but, um, since, I, since that time, and that was back in Aspen, we haven't had another outage. Um, but we, we, as Jason was saying, watching the log files is good because you can see when the system, uh, and your, uh, status and everything for your instance to start seeing when things are slowing down because then you can go wait a minute something's starting to happen uh you might not bring the instance down but you might slow it down where people are like you know i'm getting this waiting or loading error and stuff like that so you got to watch that kind of stuff they have a performance dashboard you can look at that's fairly handy also the slow, slow queries is uh one of the I don't remember what it's what it's under, but it's in the navigator uh, for slow yep. queries. You can look at that. It's kind of weird. You got to learn how to filter it because you know doing it by count is not always the most. You know, you do one one thing took you know sixteen minutes or whatever, but it was ran one time. At who cares? Almost you know. Right, but it's the it's the things that are running every two minutes and they're taking three minutes to finish. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or if it, or, yeah. you know, anything that's gotten, you know, several hundred, t- depending on how long you've had it going, I guess. Uh, but it is handy to figure out if you've got a really bad query, maybe you need to work on, I mean, we had this the other day where, you know, you know, we, we made the query itself be a little more specific. And while that particular query was never going to be a performance issue, uh, it is now a much more refined query that'll run faster. So sometimes it's just as simple as adding, is that adding another, uh, another filter to the query? Yeah, because those can add up. If you have a hundred of those going at one time, they could, you know, add up to slow the system down and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a, question actually for you guys i think that's that's pretty pertinent to this is you know you've got you know a lot of things that can slow down the system but what about external queries um things that are integrated with your system uh does do you ever find that it slows it down any uh, as far as that's concerned uh, especially things that are like uh, um, real time i think you uh one of you have done the sccm integration um things to that effect. Do you see any slowdowns? I haven't noticed any, but. Um, all the stuff uh, I've integrated, we, we wait for it. It's basically asynchronous. So it has no real noticeable impact because a user's not waiting on, you know, nobody's waiting on anything. Uh, right. On, on the things I've done. I'm sure if you did a crazy discovery thing or something, maybe Brent, you know, I'm sure Brent has more experience on that one, but I've, I was going to say most of our stuff runs asynchronous. So we don't really have that issue. Uh, we do have some real time stuff that goes back and forth, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's asynchronous. So it doesn't wait or whatever. So have not seen any of those issues. I mean, you'd have to be doing a lot to hurt their, so- We've done some PowerShell uh, or PowerShell um, uh, Power BI uh, integration we just finished. And it's setting up a query from the Power BI side uh, that they can hit whenever they want. Uh, so um, I, there was a little bit of a concern that it would be a problem. But so far, it hasn't been. But I 
I didn't, I'm only allowing it to hit one table. Uh, even, even then, the way the Power BI integrations work is it, it uh, caches it. To, yeah, I'm assuming you're doing, you have a, a local server that the Power BI runs through, right? Yes. Yeah, it's all caches to that server. We had the, we had a problem where it was, I think, defaults like once a day or something like that, or maybe even less than that. It's less than that by default, yeah. Yeah, we had to work with Microsoft, uh, or not me, but somebody on the team did, to uh, figure out how to get that to not, you know, not be that long of a wait. We, I think we wanted it daily, and, it, you know, well, like I said, it was longer than that. So uh, they were able to configure it. But, yeah, no, you're querying your local server. All those people that do it, it's not real-time. I'm doing air quotes. It's not real-time It's uh, unless you, I guess, unless you get uh, – you don't let it cache and maybe there's a way to do that, but that'd be on the power BI side. For that mm-hmm. setting. That's I good. would not recommend that. At the very least I would cache it like hourly at most. Yes. Yep. And even then that's, that, that's pretty darn aggressive. Most things, uh, most things shouldn't need that, that type of real time. You know, if you need tickets or something that's different, but usually, I mean, power BI is reporting. Yeah. So you should not, uh, right. Dashboard. Go ahead. I was going to say dashboards normally wouldn't uh, need real time. It's dashboards are more, even power uh, performance analytics is a, um, most of those reports and analytics all run in a 24 hour period. So um, it's, it's just a dashboard usually is you just have to know that it's behind. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's something you review. It's not something you work out of, right? Unless you're high level and then you can work out. But if you're a, a day-to-day help desk uh, agent, you should not be working at a Power BI, I wouldn't think. No, no. I mean, we, we, that, is, uh, that is interesting, though, because, um, you know, it is, it is interesting how it caches it and how it is, you know, how it works as far as that's concerned. I'm, I'm really surprised that it hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, and I guess that's, that is why. Yeah, you're hitting your local servers. You know, if they hit refresh a hundred times, ServiceNow doesn't care. It sent the data once to that server, and uh, the local. Server. So when they're when they're refreshing the data, they're not actually refreshing it from ServiceNow. They're they're refreshing it from their database. Correct. They're refreshing yep. it from the local server, unless there's a. That's the only way we've, or I've ever been involved with a Power BI integration. Was there's a? Uh, it's basically a mid-server for your Power BI. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's what it uses. And ServiceNow, it queries ServiceNow. However, whatever that interval, again, the team I worked with ended up working with Microsoft to get it to be a shorter interval. They didn't; uh, they were not necessarily back-end BI experts. So, uh, but Microsoft helped them figure that out within a short amount of time, and uh, and that's how it worked. So, if you needed it to be hourly or less, I'm sure you could do it. I don't, I don't see the real time again for for a report is. Uh, you're just not being very efficient if that's how you're working. It's out of a report for real time type issues. Right. So I got. I, I will say, you know, day to day operation wise, one of the most common things I see are how to. They come to me asking me questions. How do I do this? How do I do this? Um, that tends to be one of the most consistent, um, you know, kind of day to day operations. What about you guys? Do you get a lot of that? I do. Um, I usually, 
either uh, refer them to the knowledge base because we have documented a lot of those day-to-day things like that or refer them to one of my other admins. But, um, yeah, we do get a lot of that. So the user training is a lot of the uh, – it's not a day-to-day, but it is a week weekly thing at least once or twice. You get somebody wanting to do something. So, I yeah. think something that's really important that – is overlooked is the the training aspect, you know, of the of of what the admins need to do. They need to be out there talking to the people using it, doing training, telling telling them where to go and what to do. As far as that's concerned, I think that's that's not done enough. Uh, so you have a lot of people that just don't know what the heck they're doing. Uh, and there's a lot of enhancement type things too that come through that really aren't. Uh, they aren't needed as an enhancement. It's just like a lot related to how you can filter a list, right? Right. I mean, you can, you can make a list into a bar chart with one or two clicks rather. Uh, or you can filter it down. You know, I mean, there's, oh, you can expo- export it. I mean, there's so many things you can do that a standard end user with, you know, the 30 minutes, they probably add introduction to service. Now, if that, or they're not going to have any idea you can right click up there at the top and, there's a whole nother context menu that comes out with all sorts of extra options or, or how right. filtering works or even the wild cards. They're not necessarily um, the same wild cards as, as, as some other tools use. So maybe it's just, you know, something as simple as that. And the wild cards also while you're there on that the wild cards don't seem to always work the same in every part of service now either when you're searching and stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's something you have to educate them on too. Yeah. Right. Well, and I find that with, um, with those little things are great to to do, but I think sometimes, you know, it's about our releases. You know, we, when we get done with a release and there's changes that have been made, you know, having that communication with the rest of the organization is is something that is just really invaluable. I mean, you just it's it's not done enough, um, and we, we really need to focus probably more effort into uh, making sure that the communications and the training and those things like that happen. Um, I know in our in the organizations that I've seen before that that has been a real big problem. Um, and it just seems like it's an almost a no brainer, you know, I'm bringing out a new application um, and I just expect you to use it. And without any training, you know, you've got to do the, do that training. And and I find that it's, it's more of, it's a larger part of the admin's job than I initially anticipated. Yeah. I mean, you are the uh, subject matter expert, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yep. There's. I've not worked on a team. Well, I guess that's kind of a lie. Never mind. I have worked on a team that had a training aspect to it. Uh, but generally, nowhere else have I been to a place where anyone on my team had any amount of uh, training material creation experience. Right. Uh, or not even just creating the material, but also delivering said material. Uh, but that is often asked of us to do. Oh, yeah. I've made videos, and, and as awesome as my voice is, I mean – you know, doing, do talking off the top of your head versus reading a script, you know, I've right, had right. many, many a redo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and they haven't really, and it's not, you know, not that high a quality. And I'm sure, you know, if you had a, someone who, who did it as a, as a, their actual job, they would, or even if you gave, maybe that's something we should tell people to do is give your, if you're going to have us do training, start having your, 
ServiceNow teams uh, go through a little mini uh, mini training course on how to train the trainer type thing, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. That, that would be helpful. But uh, yeah, it's definitely creating tra- training material, whether it be KB articles, which are fairly easy to do, uh, at least for us. I don't know if they're always logical to end users because, you know, terminology is a big thing. Uh, you know, like dot walk. I don't think anyone outside of ServiceNow, <laughs> well, maybe a little bit outside of ServiceNow, but not many things besides ServiceNow users are going to understand what a dot walk is. Uh, or ServiceNow developers or admins, I mean. I don't think. I mean, I use that normal conversation all the time. Yeah, well, you're weird. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, At least you're uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> but just things like that, you know, I mean, there's, there's probably better examples than dot walk, but uh, there's just a lot of things that, you know, even the navigator, you know, I mean, unless they've renamed that I took the test recently. I hope it was still called the navigator because that's, they passed me anyway. There you uh, go. <laughs> no, but just calling it the, you know, it doesn't mean anything to some people. Right. Or you say the search bar and they go to the address bar of the browser. Well, I mean, if you're using edge, it is kind of also the search bar. You know, it, or actually even Chrome, edge. I think. No, I don't, but okay. I have to test in it still. Yeah. Well, yeah, anytime you're doing dev work, you're going to have to test in, like, everything. So do Although, you like Edge? Have you have you tried the new the new Edge? I have not tried the new fancy Chromium Edge. No, I have not. It, it, my, it, it's okay. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it has be... the feel of Chrome, honestly, but I still use Chrome, so there you go. As I'm sure many percent of people still, although I don't, I haven't looked at the charts recently, but I guess that's getting a little sidetracked. But, uh, oh, we we never go down rabbit trails yeah, on yeah, our yeah. podcast. Never. So before I forget, guys, uh, we need to take a little bit of a commercial break here and uh, listen to our sponsor. So um, we will be back in just a minute uh, to talk about how to evangelize ServiceNow in your um, in, in your company. So hang on just a minute. We'll be right back. Um, right. Welcome back, Before everybody. We start the evangelizing, um, are there any like dashboards or reports that you guys have created that you refer to on a daily basis, or is that pretty much no? I do. I have one for orphan tickets, which they're not really orphaned. It's just the users refuse to click on the all tickets button. Uh, <laughs> yeah. or, or actually, I made them another one called unassigned just because I thought, you know, maybe that would get them to click it. But uh, as of yesterday, even I had somebody call me, oh, I didn't know that was there. It's right we, above the one you click every day. But anyway. We, uh, I, I made a rule that if a ticket or a notification set up that if the ticket does not have a assignment group or anything like that, it notifies the service desk. And so they deal with those for me, for my my. That would be this particular one is a, they're a one-off. So I they kind of uh, okay. their own yep. permissions and everything, but that's a good uh, idea. There's that's mainly the thing I fight. Uh, I don't do a ton of just admin level things. I'm mostly development these days, but the admin things I do are mostly related about, you know, the permissions and then also finding the, those, or, those tickets that they think disappear that are really just unassigned. Yep. We have uh, a, a, home home page dashboard <clears throat> that we set up for our admins that they look at every time they log in or they go to their homepage. And it has a bunch of things like um, 
are uh, feedback for knowledge articles, but it's really because of the way that our service portal is set up. We have a feedback, uh, leave feedback button, and it goes into that feedback. And the only people that get those for the service portal are the knowledge or our admins. So they have that on the dashboard. They have, you know, the user summary so we can check to make sure um, everything's working there. We have different things about, uh, well, we did have an issue with a request not auto-approving because of a broken workflow. We finally narrowed it down to which workflow was doing that. But so we had something on there for that. So we kind of used our homepage as a, uh, a dashboard that would help us maintain some of those daily quirks that were happening. So, well, and, and we use the dashboards a lot, but you know, I've been, you know, one, one thing about it is, um, in the organization I'm working with right now, they have a change manager, you know, an incident management, uh, coordinator. They've got, um, a, um, you know, so they, they have a problem manager. So they have all of the, um, they have a, a configuration manager. So they have all of the different people working in different areas of the platform. So I don't, I don't honestly see a tremendous amount of the admin side for that stuff, but they actually do get quite a bit of things for change and for problem. Uh, We just redid problem because they, um, they were giving us a lot of feedback of some things that were lacking. Um, And, and those admins are the ones that take a lot of the feedback. So I kind of expect them as part of their day to day and their job is to take that feedback in order to allow for, us to do the dev work that need to do to make everything work for them. There's also a neat little performance one that's, uh, I believe one of my coworkers, I don't know where it came from, but it's just got a bunch of stats like, you know, tickets in the last day and then it separates them out by the, the, uh, the type of ticket it was or task. It's just off the task table. That's what we mostly build out of where I'm at. Um, just kind of tracking if there's any weird trends in, you know, all of a sudden, Group A starts submitting tons of tickets every day. You know, oh, I guess they're going to start using it. Maybe need to reach out to them, type of thing. Uh, it's more yeah. like Lance, but he—it's uh, color coded, so that's always handy. Yeah, I, I have built things like that for our our change manager and our incident manager and problem manager. So they do have like those little things, so they can see the spikes and and stuff. And they're just reports that are on their home page, which they've converted to dashboards, but. Um, they, they can watch those, hey, wait, why are we getting 100 tickets all of a sudden on the same category and stuff? So, yeah, they those are very helpful for those type of admins to look at. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's the one thing. It's like all of a sudden you get, you know, 500 emergency changes and – and it's like, well, the last in the last 30 days, 20% or 30% or 50% or 80% in some cases are emergency changes. Well, why is that? And holding people accountable for those things. Um, SLE breaches, the incident manager will actually go through and look at, look for breaches and ask people, you know, why is it breached? Can we help you? And, you know, those kind of things, which ends up a lot of those ended up being um, because, it, you know, and this is one good thing for all these things to be checked daily is because what happened was there weren't incidents anymore. They were given workarounds and the, the, the problem was larger and it really was a problem, not an incident. 
So, um, so that's kind of the, 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 what you get out of that daily reports and the daily things that you look at or things like that, that you can say, okay, you know, I see a trend here, what's going on. Oh, well, you can fix that. Here's how you fix it. You need to create problems from these because they're no longer incidents, they're problems. You know, I mean, it's things like that, that, that come to light. I don't really handle a lot of those day to day, but I know those are really important to, 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 to do. And a lot of admins are by themselves, right? I mean, it's just them. All right. Yep. The developer, the, they're the, they're the, the guy who does everything in the system. And so we have to kind of respect the fact that, you know, they're wearing a lot of hats and maybe we're, we have more, but of the one part of it, but that's because, you know, they, you know, we work in a larger organization that has more people to do the other stuff, you know? Right. But when it comes down to that, if you're the, I would suggest that if you're the admin, I would say the, um, using like a dashboard, like Granny was suggested or having even just a simple report that shows up on your homepage, because when you log in, it always goes to your homepage. So you look at that, you can put those little reports on there that kind of would key if you were running into issues with, uh, with the spike of incidents or you're, Oh my gosh, we have 300 emergency changes. What happened to that? And that kind of stuff. So uh, putting those on your homepage would help you track that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And be proactive about it. Try and get those things done. Um, you know, one of my favorite leadership, you know, coaches always says, you know, Hey, you know, do more of the important and less of the urgent. And that's not to say the urgent isn't, you don't have to get it done, but if you do the important things, there'll be less of the urgent. Right. Be proactive is always the best thing. Doesn't happen a lot in IT, but <laughs> it, it's good to pre- preach and try. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Switching gears, uh, switching, let's switch gears to evangelizing. This actually is kind of near and dear to my heart. I, I love this topic. Um, I love this topic for a couple of reasons. One, I really believe that um, if you, believe in the product you'll want to do this and this will just kind of come naturally um and when it comes to talking to different parts of the organization and talking about what it can do and how it can help the organization is really important um i guess i'm gonna let me start with randy uh, as a manager uh, what what did you see as um, the best way to go about this kind of evangelization, you know, having more and more of the platform used. Uh, well, I mean, we didn't, I don't know. That's kind of a loaded question for us uh, because we were supporting it where, where we were at. So really didn't deal with that too much. Um, I would say that the, you know, biggest thing was adding the reports that showed when tickets were closed, how long they had been open and going through and, you know, reviewing those things and, and, and kind of going back and just, you know, having the user meetings saying, um, you know, you're not getting in here. You're not making the updates. You're not adding notes. You're not doing these things. Um, 
and you know, we need to get this, you know, this is part of your performance. So use the platform. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've, that I found interesting is every time, every time we would do something, then all of a sudden you'd bring us 10 more things to do. Um, I'm sure like any good manager would, um, you know, but it was, it was like people were just flocking to you the more things that we did. How did that happen? I mean, was it just natural? Was it something that you were doing specifically? Well, for the most part, you know, when, when I started out, um, collecting use cases for us to start working on, uh, we tried to find the ones that were low hanging fruit that would give a high return, uh, to do first. And so, um, everything that we went out and we talked to people, we asked them, if we're going to automate this for you, if we're going to put this in the system for you, how much time are you spending on it now? How many people are involved in it now and things like that. So that when we went back and, and put things into service now or, or, changed the way things were working in ServiceNow to improve them. Um, we, we already had the metrics built in to say, this is how much things have improved. And then uh, after that, it was pretty much organic because uh, as we improve things for other people uh, with, you know, quick, quick wins that were not just quick wins, but quick wins that had a, a metric attached to them. Um, you know, the other, parts of the organization just naturally wanted to come in and, and I have this problem. Can you fix it? I have this problem. Can you fix it? Kind of thing. So. Show them the data and they will come. Something like that. Yeah. So yes. And those customers are still coming in that organization. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> but I think that's, but I think that's one of the biggest things about evangelizing, right? That doesn't mean you're going to, go shout it at the sky. I mean, that's not going to help you any. I think it's more about solving people's problems and then going to them, showing them how you solve their problem and getting the word of mouth, like any organization um, that you solve their problem and people, as they say, you know, you build it, they'll come, right? Well, and the nice thing about ServiceNow is it also it solves their problems, but it also makes it so much easier and nicer for them. Um, one of the biggest issues we had in the organization, or one of the biggest forms and processes that we've done in our organization, uh, previous to being in ServiceNow and building a custom app for them, um, they were doing it on paper. And we had, it was... It was a, a reimbursement kind of thing for people, and they had to do, you know, essays to say, this is what I did, and this is what I learned from it, and all that. And they had to submit that all and then fill out all this paperwork and everything. We put, we showed them, hey, we can do that in a form. We can do the approvals online. And it took what they were doing, and it took them before, uh, I think it was three or four weeks to get all that paperwork together and just kind of go through it in the glance. Now they can do all that and do all the approvals and then get the bonuses out in two weeks now. And it went from having like 10 people doing it to two people, one of them's a primary and one of them's a backup. So once you get those success stories, that helps also getting other people to come in and help. Yeah, that's what I, I think in, in that particular one, well, there was that, and the, um, there was the travel as well, where you know we found that 
people were putting in, you know, you, you had um, mileage that varied widely. People, you know, everybody was going from one, one of the branches to another branch. And the, if you, when you reviewed the reports, the amount of mileage reported was varying widely. So we went and we went in and standardized that and just said, you know, Hey, if you go from A to B, it's this many miles um, using a Google maps API basically. And uh, so that standardized that and, you know, reduce the amount of unreversible expenses we were sending out to. Right. So I guess the two points of that, uh, both of those stories are if you make things work really smoothly and, and um, make the customer happy, they'll go out and evangelize the tool also for you. So you yeah. get more and more people to help you get this out there and, and working. That's definitely been the way I've been able to do it is, you know, you make, you start out, you do what Randy said, where uh, we didn't particularly, the last time I did this, it wasn't particularly a, me being proactive. But anyway, you get a list of use cases and you start delivering on those and you turn, especially something like you said, a paper process or even an email process, you know, paper and email, they don't have ability to stop you from submitting unless you have, you know, field X filled out. I mean, that's one of the biggest benefits and that's not just for one side, you know, that's for both. Me as a submitter, I mean, if there's 100 questions and I forget to fill out one, it might, might not be malice. It might just be I filled out 99 others and, you know, my eyes looked over it. Uh, and so having a nice big red and it takes the, you know, browser window right back to it. Uh, those type of things, the end user and and the, uh, the client are both going to basically be preaching about how much better their process is. They may not be saying service now. But once people start realizing where their process is, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're getting the benefit by association, really. Exactly. Well, and I, the other thing about that is, you know, what we highlighted in the, the in these stories is are relatively simple things. So I, the mistake that I see managers um, and people that are trying to push a particular technology doing is they look for these big grandiose things to try to fix and they end up taking on a project that's going to take six months to implement and at a best case scenario, whereas there are lots of little inefficiencies that, that make for huge uh, ROI um, in every organization. And so if you're just starting out with something and you need to get, you know, get the momentum going, find those simple inefficiencies and, and, do that. You know, this is, you know, we looked at it as a paper form and nobody was thinking how much time are we going, you know, how much time are we wasting? How much resources are we wasting on these paper forms um, until we started going out and putting numbers to it? Well, you got to do this and then you print it and that's, you know, your employees unproductive for this amount of time because they're filling out this paperwork and then they're walking it around to get signatures. And then the people processing it are unproductive for this amount of time for, you know, Da, 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 da. that was a really simple thing that didn't take a long time to build a solution for. Um, and I think that people make the mistake of going out there looking for the, the home run when, you know, four base hits is the same thing. Right. I, I also, one of the things that depending on where you are in your organization, what, where you are as far as the hierarchy, there, there's limitations I would imagine. But one of the things that it was really a great thing for me to do um, uh, that I've done in the past is go and talk to each of the managers of the different areas. 
and and get that's and that's where you get your list of um, things that people have desires and wants for. You also that's where you find your low hanging fruit is by talking to people. What you need that fixed? Well, I can do that for you, right? Or make a list, sort it out, pick the top five or ten things, and start at it. Um, you know, getting people involved, getting people together, uh, really get the communication lines between, you know, the service now uh, team and the other areas of the business is really important because otherwise they won't know you have the capability to do it. If you don't have the capability to talk to them, they won't know you have the capability to fix it for them. Yeah, one of the things... Go ahead, I was just going to say that one of the things, first things that, that I did um, in that role was um, one of the first staff meetings was to say, I want everybody to start adding to a list of, you know, problems. And, and I want to, you know, when you're out there, when you're working with somebody, if you overhear another problem, you make note of it and bring it back. And, and then let's build this gigantic list. And then periodically let's go through that list and find out, are these things that we can tackle? Um, and there, there may not be. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that we ended up talking about that we couldn't tackle, but um, there are also a lot of little things that we could tackle that kind of added up as well. Right. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I think um, a lot of people forget about or don't even focus on is some of those simple wins can just be putting in a catalog request, a catalog form, um, because a lot of the requests and forms that companies are going to need can fit right into that process and you can do it quickly and simply and it'll make their jobs a lot easier and you can, you know, win some more customers over that way. Absolutely. Yeah, automating processes is one of the best benefits of a tool like service now. At least yeah, I think I would say that's probably the, the one of the greatest starting places to be is the catalog items. I mean, you start you start taking away time that people spend doing those those manual hard you know kind of pain in the rear easy things. Um, the when you get those wins, the the more gratifying they're going to be. I just think it's amazing that there's still so many things that are manual in every organization I go into in 2020 that there's, you know, sounds crazy, but there's still a lot of people walking paper around doing things that that could be quickly automated. Right. I've noticed uh, at least the last two places I've been, it's, uh, you know, HR is a, is kind of an untapped goldmine of small, you know, document to, yeah. electronic type things you can do. Uh, I mean, where I'm at now, they have a third party tool they use, but yet we still have to, <clears throat> excuse me, we still have to print things off and sign them. And then they get back to HR by hand. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't understand <coughs> why you would have a tool that is basically just an Excel file whenever, I mean, we could do that, right? ServiceNow can be an Excel file if that's all you want out of it. That's right. But it can also add a nice or, a better front end to it, uh, multiple ways of accessing it, you know, security around said, uh, said thing. And all those are, most of those things are just simple clicks whenever you go to build it. Yeah. Much better report. 
Yeah, reporting, and you can you know email it out automatically if people are obsessed with their emails or not, admit, not to mention the products. I mean, there is HR products, and you know, ITOM products, and all these other products that that I've been shocked that people don't know about them. You know, I talked to the the security a security team the other day that goes, "What ServiceNow is a security incident tool?" And I'm like. How do you not know this? They've been running service now for three years. It's like, yes, they do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And even I, if you don't want the full suite, you can always, I mean, we've got the APIs you can call almost, you know, most tools I would say nowadays for IT at least have mm-hmm. some way of doing a integration, whether it be outbound or inbound. I mean, it's not hard to do. Nope. You don't need a you don't need a fancy third party developer to do that stuff for you. You can between ServiceNow's developer training and and uh, who you have in house. I mean, you might need someone like you know Sharpstone or uh, to uh, to help you out there. But say it louder, Sharpstone, <coughs> Sharpstone, <go>. Sharpstone. <laughs> uh, great folks, great folks they are at Sharpstone. Uh, did you say Sharpstone? I think I did. I've heard okay. of them before. I heard they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, I heard, I, I heard they're pretty good as long as you're not dealing with this guy named Justin. Yeah. Well, he gets it done too quick. <laughs> he probably will save you too much money if you go with Justin. Yeah, you uh, like Justin. Anyway, unless you're doing a very, very fancy uh, or, even, or I guess not fancy, in-depth integration, uh, you probably can get it done with a someone who knows the basics of JavaScript. Uh Again, having a third party uh, is, of course, going to be helpful, assuming you are you find a good partner like Sharpstone. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like I, I said, there's a lot of opportunities without a lot of knowledge being required. It right, may not be yeah. a perfect integration yeah. uh, on the first try, but ServiceNow is pretty good about holding a developer's hand to a certain degree uh, when you're developing it. So, uh, Right, and they also have that um, REST Explorer. That helps with that those rest calls and all that kind of stuff too. That's yeah. If you're doing it, things, for sure, you, the rest yep. explorer is is amazing. It, it gives you the code literally. In, yeah, I think it's four different languages you can choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's a wonderful tool, uh, and even outbound's not hard. So no, it's not. Just you got you know, it's the same area, different different page. Uh, but yeah, no, there's there's a lot of opportunity there. So even if even if they don't want to spend the money for the full module. Uh, you can at the very least have it creating incidents with, you know, at least in a test environment within a day. Uh, right. Yeah, it's it's not it, – it's the, the one thing about ServiceNow, they've made it very easy to understand and very easy to work in. Yeah, the older it gets, the community is kind of hit or miss. Uh, the community site, that is, that ServiceNow mm-hmm. hosts. I've had much less luck lately in there, but uh, – yeah, it used to be great. Yeah, you used, used to you type it in there, and if you didn't know it, somebody would reply quickly. But right, it it used to be a lot more involvement from the developers. There have from the uh, from the users, and there's doesn't seem like there is as much anymore. But I've found some and gotten some good answers recently, but not as quickly as you used to. Oh, and, you know, and Stack Overflow now also has a section for or a tag rather for service. Now I've seen some, uh, some good answers on, on stack overflow. That's far more of a 
developer oriented site, uh, which probably is why the questions and answers are both a little more detailed. Not always, you know, it's still got its. New yep. users, I also find there's a lot of older stuff in. Um, in that, yeah, <laughs> in that, and that's check I, the date when you load a, yeah. an article on the community. <laughs> yeah, you're grabbing a code, and then it. And, and make sure you, you actually check when it was posted because you may be loving the code that doesn't work anymore, you know. So yeah, A lot of that stuff, especially with the way you do uh, AJAX calls, like they no longer let you do synchronous. Uh, you have to use the asynchronous way, which most of the old answers are forcing you to do uh, or not for, we're telling you to do synchronous because it's a lot easier to do and you don't. Uh, you know, it, it just won't, it plain won't work if when you submit it, you can get the, it waits for the response. So, uh, it's a lot easier for a, develop, a new developer to be able to handle how it works, but uh, because it made the page wait, so it's, and it's a good choice on their part, but that's one example of older code that you'll copy and paste, and uh, it's just not going to wait. You're not going to see any, you know, errors in whatever IDE you use because uh, the code is actually written correctly, and it's, you know, it looks right, but whenever you uh, try to submit it, they've deprecated the the call door you can't actually run it so definitely check the date if if they yep. post the version that's helpful but uh people don't always mention hey i'm on you know jakarta or whatever version they happen to be on and you might just need to see that it, you know five years ago you might want to double check that answer probably well it may i mean there's still some that'll work but uh, Anyway, check the date for sure. Yeah. Just something to keep in mind. Parse <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. out the code. Make sure it's going to work. I mean, look at it. That horse. Actually decide it. So awesome. So I think the, the, the moral in the, to the story in this case is do a good job. Help people. Try and continuously bringing solutions to the organization. And, and by doing those things, you're going to, to just naturally be evangelizing uh, and go talk to the managers that are in each of the areas, talk to them, ask them what their needs are, uh, find out what their needs are and find areas that you can do quick wins. Yeah. Quick uh, wins. There's a huge, yeah. I believe at the, the two places that I think have been successful, uh, like overly successful have been because of this, the quick wins that ended up, uh, having users that were far more vocally pleased than what, you know, I ever expected them to be. Yes. Yeah. And that has given a good, even at one of the places it was not, you know, ServiceNow did not necessarily have a good name to it because it was uh, kind of forced upon them without a whole lot of, I guess, train. I don't really, training would be what my assumption was, but uh, yeah, once you start getting those quick wins and you start redesigning more toward the user, uh, as the biggest biggest wins, I think for me, it, for event for getting the name out there. Yep. Um, one thing that I've I've also, you know, we're, we've talked about Sharpstone and all, but ServiceNow does have a, a program called Customer Success Advocates. Um, every customer has at least uh, one person assigned to their account to help with that stuff. So if you're running into problems of how do I get my customers to do this or, you know, what's the best way to get communication out or can you help me with some communication? That's what those people are there for. Uh, so they're supposed to help you with that kind of stuff there. They will also help you if you're having problems with high tickets or getting things escalated, they'll help with that. But they're also there to help you, help you win over your customers to get your system working. 
bit of a rabbit trail, but don't be afraid to put a high ticket in. <laughs> yeah. Think they're small. They will, oh, yeah. They will help you. I've not once had, uh, and I've put in a, a good, I don't know the number, and I wouldn't want to tell you if I did, uh, of how many tickets I put in, but uh, never had a bad, a bad rep, or I mean a, like a rude rep. I've had some that didn't necessarily help, uh, but yeah. they've always escalated it or – or maybe it was just something I was doing simple that I was doing wrong. But uh, yeah, don't be afraid to to put them in for actual issues. Assuming you've tried, you know, some amount of troubleshooting. Uh, right. But they they're even if you've you know done a little bit, they'll come back and they're always nice about. Oh, it looks like it was something that you did. Uh, blah blah blah. But all they do is they just will tell you how to fix it and go on. It's they're not gonna. Oh well, you screwed it up, kind of attitude. There's no reprimand for putting yeah. in a basic high ticket. No, it might be if you started doing thousands, I guess. But well, maybe but I've never again, done that many. I'm sure you would have. Like, it would take a lot because I've put in a lot of tickets, and they've uh, not once said this should not have been a ticket. You know, at worst case, I've had one where they linked me the uh, a uh, the knowledge base article. And, but then they called me and we walked through it together. So it's not like, you know, they still weren't saying, Hey, here, here's the answer. They said, this is probably the answer. And then they called me and walked me through it. So uh, anyway, don't be afraid back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to add to that, I've even turned in things. I've turned in a couple that I thought were just something I messed up and how, how can I go fix this now? And uh, they've come back and said, Oh no, that's a problem. And they've opened problems for it. So you might think you have messed something up or did something and it's turned out it's been an issue. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to do that. So, okay. I'll get off the soapbox too. Good example of that's the multi row inside the catalog in the portal. They don't support it. They support it on the ITIL view or whatever they call that view now. Uh-huh. No. Oh, yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. they, they I, I think eventually it's in, that multi-row is fairly new. Eventually that will be supported on the portal. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we, we know that these products are constantly evolving and constantly getting better. So, you know, instead of trying to um, manipulate around it, just wait. Um, you know, they'll, they'll make the change. I'll make the improvement. You'll see, you know, in the next couple of versions, Oh, well, it's not going to work on the portal and everybody will be super happy about it. Well, I guess I worded that my, my point on that one originally was not to, you know, not to try to point out they didn't bother to, to make it work in the portal, which I do think is kind of a slap in the face to them, but uh, let's not go there. (laughs) Um, no, it was really just the fact that there's, it didn't look it looked like it was something on our end. We were trying to figure out, like it was one of our junior devs who was originally doing it. And so then it finally, I don't know how many hours they spent trying to troubleshoot it. Eventually made it up to me. And I, you know, I've never tried to do a multi-row inside of uh, the catalog on, on any catalog, let alone portal view. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I started messing with it. And after a couple hours, I was like, this looks like it should, you know, there's nothing we are doing wrong on this. Uh, and so we, we submitted a ticket, but, now, that was a lot. Of, I'm assuming several knowing that person, you know, a couple of days probably of troubleshooting, deleting and recreating the same thing. Uh, and all, all that really should have happened was you try it once legitimately. They, you would still probably reach out to whoever your lead is to have them make sure you're not doing something simple like a, you know, simple syntax issue like uh, someone on this call commonly has. Uh, 
I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jason semicolon Gibson. He's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, no, but no, I mean, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you could waste a lot of money, especially when the code is written correctly. Uh, or in this case, it's, you don't actually write any code. It's just part of their widget and uh, it just simply fails. So yeah, uh, you assume it's going to work. Yeah. 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 And it even took them a couple uh, transfers before they finally got someone who, uh, who, pointed us to uh, an enhancement that had been an enhancement request that was pending uh, oh, wow. for that to be out there. So again, you know, we had that sort of thing would drive a, it'll drive a developer crazy, especially a new developer, you know, that particular person, they're trying to prove to everyone else that they can do something as simple as a catalog item, which, you know, with my initial reaction, I won't lie was how can you mess up a catalog item? <laughs> uh, do you want a list? Because I can send them to you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's no code. I've seen some things. Oh, I've seen some. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, they're usually a unique one-off, though. It's not... It's uh, not Justin, I had to write a three-page standardization document to keep them from messing up a <laughs> forms. I, I had an admin, or actually an architect, develop a form in the catalog... <laughs> deploy it it took the whole catalog down none of them worked so yes you can do it simply awesome well yeah i've i've known someone who may or may not be me in the past who uh <laughs> is trying to use pure javascript inside of ServiceNow. uh so that's something else you got to watch out for your new developers is ServiceNow blocks pretty much anything you try to do in the dom and uh yeah i remember that person never <laughs> Listen to the other guy telling him you well, can't do that. But washed up yeah. admin. What's he know about development? <laughs> uh, apparently, it turns out he knows a whole lot more than I did uh, <laughs> about the inner workings of ServiceNow. So, but again, uh, point to be made: put in high tickets. Uh, yes, yes. After a simple amount of due diligence. Right. Well, guys, I really uh, I hate to I hate to cut it. Short, it's only been like an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's been, a, been a pleasure, Jason. Yes. Uh, yes. It's, it's really, I'm going to make you a nameplate with that, I think. Oh, please. Yes. They, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, but thank you guys. Absolutely. Uh, Brent, always a pleasure. Justin. Oh, it's always, always fun. Um, Randy, uh, again, um, I, I really appreciate you being on the call um, with with us on this. So, um, next, we've got several topics we're coming up for the next few. Um, if you want your topic covered, we'd love to. So, um, message us. You know, we're on LinkedIn. You know, we're all over the place now. We're even on Facebook. So, look us up. Send us a message. Tell us where you're going to, uh, where, what you want us to cover. Um, and if it's not completely ridiculous, like, um, you know, current, you know, fashion in IT. Hey, I thought good topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some people that might need that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So that would be me. I don't, I don't have a very good fashion sense, but you won't know that until the video. Video ones. Um, so, but yeah, keep an eye out. We are going to be doing some video uh, video ones as well. Uh, again, thank you for, for joining us, and we look forward to uh, talking to you next time. Thanks.
Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.